The NFL is back, and although it was just preseason and there really wasn't any stars out there out on the field yesterday, there were still some studs that we need to talk about. Today is Friday, August 4th, 2017, and let's talk about the big Hall of Fame game yesterday. So the Dallas Cowboys defeat the Arizona Cardinals 20-18. It was actually a pretty decent game for the most part. But uh, let's talk about the studs because these preseason games, the score, the final score really don't mean a thing. But it's all about who got their chance to shine. A lot of these guys are on the roster bubble. A lot of young up-and-coming players trying to make their names here in the preseason. And uh, who shined the brightest to me was the Cowboys wide receiver Bryce Butler. Only two receptions, but for 78 yards. And he, that was on four targets. And Bryce Butler just did exactly what he needed to do which is make sure that you know he was dominating the competition he was playing against because although butler is our fourth best wide receiver you know against backup corners and whatnot he should be dominating them and that's exactly what he did i really like bryce butler because he's probably the fastest wide receiver on the cowboy squad over the past couple of years now that don't don't mistake that with quickness. That's that's Cole Beasley all the way. Startup stop and startup speed is Cole Beasley without a doubt. That's quickness. That's acceleration. But as far as just pure deep speed, Bryce Butler is our biggest deep threat. And it was nice to see Callan Moore hit him for a couple of deep throws because it shows that he does have that big playability. If he can only keep his head in the game, because that was my only qualm with him last season. He didn't always keep his head on the game in the game. And uh, he got some stupid penalties at some stupid, stupid times. So, but as far as talent, I don't question this kid. And I think some of you guys saw that out there yesterday. The other player that was a stud, Rico Gathers. You know, I kind of challenged him yesterday because I said, you know, there was a lot of hype. All this talk about him being Zeus, the Greek god, and all this. But, you know, at least during training camp, he's made a lot of mental errors. He's had a few drops. He's been no more for getting in fights and throwing his helmet down on the floor and shouting than his play on the practice field. But in the first preseason game, he showed up. Three receptions, 59 yards on four targets, and a nice, nice TD grab. It really showed his size. It really showed his fluidity going up and grabbing that ball with his hands. I really, really like that. That was a nice, nice grab. Andy Jones, I talked about, is one of the players to watch. And he didn't, he didn't show, show out too bad. You know, three receptions, 39 yards on four targets. Like I said, Andy Jones has been working with Dak Prescott over the past year or so. And, you know, he's one of those receivers that runs routes for Dak after practice. So they get a little extra practice time in. And it showed. Someone that shined. Alfred Morris was running like a running back who wants to be on the Cowboys because... He had seven carries for 42 yards. That's uh, six yards per carry. He had a lot of nice moves. He was he was showing some moves out there. And as a pure runner, he's probably he's probably second only to Zeke on the team. You know, I think McFadden could give him some competition here and there, but McFadden really didn't show up at all. I don't know if that was the offensive line that he's not used to running behind or what. I'm not trying to make excuses, but the production just wasn't there. But Morris was able to to show his stuff at least in the running game. I also saw him pick up a blitz. You know, it was crazy because the Arizona Cardinals, even in a preseason game, man, they blitz. And I know they're known to be a man-to-man -man blitzing team, but I didn't expect to see some of the blitzes I saw in the preseason. 
But Alfred Morris, man, he stepped up and, and he hit the blitzer a couple of times. I saw that. So he's getting better in pass protection. Alfred Morris wants to make this team. But who he has the competition on or with is with Rod Smith, who had 18 carries for 64 yards, 3.6 yard average. So I know what you're thinking. The stats don't look as good as Alfred Morris. The highlight plays probably didn't look as good as Alfred Morris, what he had. But you know what? He kind of helped to put that game away. He was running the clock down when the Cowboys had that small lead, and he really helped them to hold on to it. You like those tough even if it's two, three yards running, just those positive plays when you're trying to wind down the clock. And I think Rod Smith looked good. He was running hard. You know, he was hitting them holes. And, and what can you say? He, I think he was just as impressive as Alfred Morris. Maybe not on the highlight reel, but for my eyes, helping to w for that team to win the game, he did a lot. Kellen Moore didn't look bad. We're going to get into some quarterbacks in the next segment. So watch out for what I got to say on Kellen Moore and Cooper Rush. Now let's get into these quarterbacks from yesterday's Hall of Fame game. I thought Kellen Moore looked pretty damn good out there. And I think he's pretty much starting to solidify that backup spot in not just the eyes of the coaching staff for the Dallas Cowboys, but in the eyes of Dallas Cowboys Nation and the fans because he didn't show out too bad. 12 for 17, 182 yards, 1 TD and an INT. His passer rating was over 100. And, you know, he's throwing for a high completion percentage. That ball that he threw up was, you know, it was a 50-50 ball and the defender made, you know, a good play. But, you know, I mean, other than that, you really can't fault Callum Moore for anything. He was making the reads that he had to make. He was taking the best matchups possible on the field. He threw up a couple of deep balls when he had the one-on-one -on -one with Bryce Butler. He knew where to look and he was always looking there first. And when they had him covered or double teamed, hey, what did he do? Just dump it off to Rod Smith dump it off to Alfred Morris in the backfield and get three yards, move on to the next play. So I really liked what Callum Moore was doing. I just wish he had a little bit more zip on his balls. I feel like they, they kind of float up there just a little bit too much. That kind of concerns me when you're going to be playing with some of the top DBs in the league. And you saw his first pass get batted down at the line of scrimmage. His size, again, I'm not, you know, he can't help that. You know, he he's a little guy. But... It gives me cause to pause, but for the most part, I gotta say, I was impressed with Callum Moore. I was also pretty impressed with Cooper Rush. Now, I don't expect the Cowboys to, to keep three quarterbacks on this roster, but when you go 9 for 18 for 87 yards and you throw a sweet touchdown, you know, it, it gives, again, pause to cause. It gives you something to think about. Maybe the fourth or fifth best tight end just isn't worth it. And you know that he's not going to suit up on the 46-man game day roster, might as well keep a quarterback to keep grooming because Callum Moore's not going to last forever, you know. It's a nice, nice to have a young quarterback to groom behind Dak Prescott. But we'll see. At this point, I don't think Cooper Rush really impressed enough to legitimately put him into the debate of keeping a third quarterback or not, but let's just keep watching Cooper Rush. Let's see how Cooper Rush did. Now, on the Arizona Cardinals side, Blaine Gabbert, didn't play too bad he was 11 for 14 185 yards no tds no ints but he had 118.8 passer rating and for those first two drives he basically took the arizona offense up and down the field on that dallas cowboys defense that secondary did not look good 
that is a reason for concern if you're a Cowboys fan because you just got sliced up by Blaine Gabbert. But in in the Cowboys' defense, they got sliced up by Blaine Gabbert at the 49ers game last season. I was there at that game. I, I, I had a few beers, and I was damn near ready to cry after I seen Blaine Gabbert score 14 straight points. Boom, boom, boom. Right in the beginning of the game, I thought I picked the wrong game to come to as a Cowboys fan. But the Cowboys defense, they stepped it up, shut them down the rest of the game. And, you know, they kind of had semi-similar results here in this preseason game. The player that I was most impressed with looking at the Arizona side of the ball. Now, I got to admit, I'm not too familiar with the second and third stringers from the Arizona Cardinals. I'm familiar with the starters, but they weren't even playing. But that Robert Kimdichi man, Nimdichi, he only had one tackle. But I could see that's a disruptive force on defense so i'm gonna be watching out for for robert kemdichi in the regular season because he looks like a good disruptive pass rusher now as far as the cowboys who do i want to see more from i still need to see more from rico gathers you got the nice td you had a couple of nice grabs but now it's time to show you're on the next level which is consistency i think if you really want to be the backup to jason Witten. You don't need to just flash, Rico. We know that you can flash. Now we need to see you be consistent. So I need to see a couple of nice grabs in the next preseason game. Because to be honest, in training camp, I'm telling you, I'm really telling you guys, you know, the backup tight ends, they look good. You know, you got James Hanna, who is a really nice backup tight end. And you have Jeff Swaim. You know, he these guys are making plays out there in camp. So he's definitely got some competition that he still needs to separate himself from and I'm not talking about Jason Witten you know uh, Bryce I still want to see Bryce continue to dominate because I think he should on pure talent alone but uh, I'm running out of time already but those are my thoughts from yesterday's Hall of Fame game alright so while I'm sitting here waiting to get the caddy nice washed and waxed for the weekend I figured I take my time to finally give my take on this whole debate that's been going on, not only in the national media, but even here just locally on Anchor with this discussion, this Kobe Bryant or LeBron James, who do you have as the better player? And this all started because the GOAT, Michael Jordan himself, made the comment that he would take Kobe Bryant over LeBron James and simply offering the evidence of five rings is better than three. Now, we do know our math, and we do know five always beats three, but in all honesty, rings aren't everything. You know, that just because a player has more rings doesn't automatically make him a better player, or like I've heard here before, Robert Ory and Bill Russell would be the greatest players of all time, and we know that's not necessarily true, even though they are great in their own right. But I still think that in the grand scheme of things, greatness is on a pie chart and rings is a big piece of that pie, you know, because in, at the end of the day, that's what these players play the game for, rings, and that's what they get remembered for, rings. So although that's not the be-all, end-all, you know, part of the debate, I think it's a big chunk of it. So I do have to give Kobe the edge in that sense. But let's, let's talk about it. LeBron fans, they're going to defend LeBron with the physical gifts obviously he's just a physical specimen like none other that we've seen before he's bigger he's stronger he's faster than Kobe Bryant he could do more which means that he's obviously a better 
all-around overall player than Kobe Bryant. That just can't be helped. You know, LeBron can defend fours. Kobe can't defend a four. LeBron can play five in some spots, but let's face it, if he was playing in a different era, he'd have no chance against real big boys. There's no way LeBron is guarding Shaq. We all know that. You know, there's no way LeBron is, is guarding Hakeem Olajuwon in the post. But he plays in an era where there's really no dominant big men, and you can get away with it in spot duty. But, like I said, you know, I think LeBron really is a player that's better rebounding, better with the defense, passing, which you don't really see Kobe Bryant do too much unless he's trying to make a statement. But let's take a look at Kobe. I, I do, without a doubt, believe Kobe is a better scorer. And I've heard a couple of people say that LeBron is a better scorer, but honestly, when did, when did LeBron ever score 81 points? You know, it just doesn't happen. LeBron just doesn't have the, that offensive explosion ready to happen that Kobe Bryant had throughout his years. Five rings to three rings. We got we got to bring that up still. You know, I like I said, I think that's a big, big part of it because in, in the end, it's all about winning championships. And you can make excuses or you can make results. Kobe never made any excuses. He got results. I think LeBron from time to time can make an excuse or two he could say hey i got me a triple double i'm doing my part well hey it's still about results you're in the finals go and try to win them which he did i'm not taking anything away from lebron but the results are the results now i think the biggest thing for me is the quality in the clutch lebron doesn't play as well from behind you know you take out that that finals where he came back on the golden state warriors a couple of years ago which is amazing and that's the reason why I even have LeBron in this conversation now because before I really didn't so I'm not discounting his comeback in the finals in fact that's the reason why he's even in this argument but as far as just consistently being a straight assassin just being a, a mindless warrior to winning it's all about Kobe Bryant the quality and the clutch is much better and I think that's why he has five rings to three Put it this way, if I was a betting man and I had a bet against one of these players, because I am not a LeBron fan, I'm not a Kobe fan, not a Lakers fan, damn sure not a Heat or Cavs fan. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying this just with no, no bias here. But as a betting man, if I was in Vegas and I had a bet against one of these players, I'd rather put my bet against LeBron James because Kobe's that kind of player that just, he can miss 49 straight shots in a game. But if the game's close, he's not going to be afraid to take number 50 and sink it at the buzzer, where I think LeBron will shy away from that. You know, he does have a great feel for the game, but at the end, in the fourth quarter, sometimes that's a detriment. Because as the best player on the floor, you have to be the one to lead that team and take that last shot. Put it on your shoulders and take them to the promised land. Kobe did it five times, LeBron three, and that's the end of the argument for me. What up, Phil? Just eating some dinner here and was listening to your show. Wanted to give my take on the Hall of Fame game. And, uh, man, I thought Kellen Moore, and I know this is biased, but that's my boy. I, I thought Kellen Moore looked good. I thought he looked poised. thought he looked calm, cool, and collected as normal. But uh, for not having played in 19 months, I thought he looked really well. He, he led the offense down the field. Made a couple bad throws, but even his interception I didn't think was that bad. I mean, he threw it up to Noah Brown, who sucks. So he threw it up 50-50 ball. Could have gotten in his hands. He just didn't get his hands on it. So, But the only thing is, is Kellen 
tends to throw off his back foot a lot. He has a weird release. But his arm strength is getting better. I just think he needs to work on his mechanics a little more. I don't know if he's actually going to improve in that area, though. It's his sixth year in the league. So, anyways, I was impressed with him. And Rico, man, spot on. Rico gathers, dude. Thoroughly impressed with his, with his play and his development. Posted up a call a little bit earlier from Shane over at the Game Time Guru. Shane, you're a Cowboys fan, man, so your thoughts and opinions are always welcome up here on the station. And sorry, man, if I sounded like I was coming off like a Callan Moore hater. Actually, I, I'm, I really like the guy, and I, I'm pretty comfortable with him as the backup quarterback. You know, I'm just a greedy, greedy Dallas Cowboys fan that wants perfection, even at the backup quarterback spot. You know, I just wish he was a little bit taller. I wish he was a baller. No, I'm just kidding, man. But I do wish he had a little bit more zip on the ball that's the only thing I don't like and I fear if he's going up against like top secondaries in the NFL but he's a backup I'm comfortable it's all good uh, but what I want to talk about now guys is this Colin Kaepernick situation is he the best choice for the Miami Dolphins I want to rank Kaepernick Matt Moore and Jay Cutler now it looks like Jay Cutler is the leader in the clubhouse to win that job and it looks like they're in serious talks with Jay Cutler to be the starting quarterback for Miami that is my third choice Jay Cutler is just not a winner I don't think he's into football he's never really done anything that's ever impressed me yeah all the physical tools are there he has the experience but aside from that he ain't got nothing he really can't do nothing for me at this point I wouldn't care if I was the number one team or the worst team in the league I can do it without Jay Cutler you know I just don't need a guy that football isn't his priority at number two I'm gonna go with Kaepernick I think Kaepernick is a decent enough fit in Miami I know the whole Fidel Castro shirt thing wasn't a good look especially in a high population with Cubans in Miami but you know what all he needs to do is get a PR guy and smooth that over apologize and I think as far as on the field he's a pretty good fit like you mentioned too, Shane, I heard you mention he's a mobile quarterback, just like Tannehill. The offenses are somewhat similar, so it wouldn't be such a huge jump in offense for him. I think he'll be all right. But if you're asking me what I would do if I was the GM of the Miami Dolphins, without a doubt, I think Matt Moore is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. I remember, I want to say what, maybe like eight, nine years ago now already, he was the third string quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, and I really wanted him to be the backup for Tony Romo many many years ago he really impressed me in his time in the preseason with the Dallas Cowboys and I really like what he's done in Miami he's he's actually performed pretty well in spot duty over there over the last few years he's a UCLA kid so again I might be just a little bit biased but in all honesty I've always liked Matt Moore's game he already knows the offense he's been in that system for more than just a few years and if I'm the GM I'm saying no to cap and I'm definitely saying no to Cutler, and I'm saying Matt Moore, take us to the promised land. I don't hit the panic button until Matt Moore loses like three or four straight games. Then I'll call, call up Kaepernick, and if he don't want it, I'll call up Cutler. That's my thoughts on that whole Miami Dolphins quarterback situation. I never thought that the Miami Dolphins would be missing Ryan Tannehill, but I guess it just happened, right? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Just winding this thing down here on a Friday. Actually chilling out, watching the gold jacket ceremony for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
Kurt Warner is about to get his gold jacket. He's the last one. Already kind of saw Terrell Davis, Martin Anderson, my boy Jerry Jones. Even seen LT shed a few tears. But uh, the tears will be flowing tomorrow when they do the speeches on Saturday. But before I get out of here, I want to post up a call from the sports takeover. You know, giving me his thoughts on the difference between Kobe and LeBron. And uh, I got to agree pretty much with, with what he said there. You know, Kobe's got that killer instinct. He's going to take the shot no matter what. And LeBron, more times than not, is just going to make the right basketball play. P you know, different type of players for sure. You can't go wrong either way. No, If, if you were a GM and you had an all-time NBA draft and you selected any one of these players, nobody's going to criticize the pick. These two are two of the greatest of all time in my opinion, these two are right behind the GOAT, Michael Jordan, the one that started this whole conversation. But in the end, it's just what type of player do you prefer? The all-around game, the right basketball play that LeBron's going to make, or just the all-out Mamba mentality, as you put it, man, of Kobe Bryant? And I think it depends on the, the team you surround them with, obviously. That would be the smart thing. But just assuming that they're you know, just above-average players... You want that player that's going to take it to the next level, the one that's going to take the shot. And that's why I go with Kobe. But again, you don't go wrong with LeBron James because in the end, basketball's basketball. And when you make the right play, you're going to win a whole lot more than you lose. What's up, man? I'll agree with you a little bit on that. Um, when it comes down to it, if both have taken shots and it's one shot left and it's Kobe and LeBron... Kobe's taking it 125% all the time if he misses it or if he hits it. And that's a good thing. Kobe has that killer instinct, hence why he says Mamba mentality. Now, the difference between LeBron is when it comes down to it, sometimes he'll take it. Like I said, this is not defending him. Sometimes he, he'll take it, but he also will make the smart play. If he's getting double teamed or triple teamed, he will kick it out and pass it. People will beat him up for it and go, hey, you should have taken the shot. But also, if you look at the defense, if you got three people guarding you, like you basically have one on you, one to the side waiting for you to drive. Then you have another guy down low. You have three people guarding the area you're trying to go to. So I believe LeBron makes the smarter play and Kobe makes the tougher shot.